Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sports. Will this be the penultimate show of the Ashes? Well, if there's another 17 wickets on day three, um, then yes, it will be. But uh, we shall see. Myself, John Norman, Steve Harmison alongside me, looking back at a truly madcap day of fast forward, frenzied test cricket in Tasmania here on the following on podcast. So if you're listening to the show by now, you know that uh, Australia were batting at the start of the day and Australia were batting at the end of it. In between that, well, four wickets falling in Australia's first innings. 252 for eight with both Stark and Cummings bounced out by Mark Wood. Uh, But they still managed to add another 51 before they were finally uh, ended. Lyon hitting 31, Kerry 24, uh, 303 just to rub it in. Just to rub it into England, the fact that they can still go past 300 when England can't, even when they were 12 for three, they managed it. Uh, England came out to bat and England did what England do. They lost their openers uh, cheaply. Burns, I mean, if you were to put together a list of every single dismissal Rory Burns has had, it would probably cover every single type of dismissal it's possible to have. He was run out um, for naught and uh, Zach Crawley was caught short leg for 18. 34 for two at dinner or lunch or whatever that first break's called. And then England uh, did what England do. Milan and Root. Uh, Milan batted uh, defensively and Root uh, got on with things. Got to 78 for two and uh, they then promptly lost uh, three wickets for seven runs. Pat Cummins bringing himself on. A lucky dismissal to get rid of Milan. An absolute brilliant delivery to get rid of Joe Root and a phenomenal catch by Nathan Lyon at point to dismiss Ben Stokes. Pope and Billings gave us all a little glimpse of what might be, but uh, and continued to show what is. Uh, Pope edged behind, and uh, Billings was caught on the hook. 
Uh, Chris Wokes, one of the most fortunate innings I've seen for a while. Dropped first ball, dropped on five, inside edge past his own stumps, played and missed about 10 times. He made 36. In fact, he top scored, I just realised. Uh, Stuart Broad did not do what Stuart Broad did at uh, the SCG. He was out for a duck. And um, yeah, well, England subsided. 188, big first innings deficit. That was it, wasn't it? No, because Australia had to come and back in the dock. David Warner made a pair. Brilliant. Labashain was caught down the leg side. Third player to get caught down the leg side today. And then uh, Kawaja. What a delivery from Mark Wood. An absolute brute. And uh, Steve Smith and uh, Scott Bowden just about got through to stump. So Australia lead by 152. Seven wickets in hand. Woo. That was someday. Story of the day. Oh, mate. Wow. That, uh, well, I mean, there's been some real, real tough times for you guys up throughout the night. But I imagine today fine didn't even need that seventh cup of coffee no we didn't need that extra cup of coffee i must admit uh, i think what was it when in that middle session when we decided that we we're going to start you know batting my roller skates on and chasing things that we didn't need to chase i was ready for taxi to go home again i think i, I think i phoned my taxi about five times on this trip to go home <laughs> early because i've I just like I've got nothing else to say. I'm sitting there going, what else am I going to say now? I'm really, I'm really struggling. I'm looking across at Dan Norcross and he's asking my opinion. And I'm thinking, well, I've said that. I've said that. I've said that. I've actually said that three times. And it's just, it just seems to be the same old, same old. We talk about techniques till the cows come home. You talk about uh, this. Uh, and I've sat when we chewed the fat for the, you know, the last test match for Mark Butcher. I've really enjoyed, I must admit, John, I've really enjoyed working on the TV this series. More so doing the commentary than doing the, the, the sort of sofa stuff. Because the commentary, you sat with Butch chewing the fat for the fourth test, sat with, with Ramps chewing the fat for this test match, talking about batting and techniques. I've done, what, three weeks now at Yorkshire. It's got a little insight of what you know, the coaching is about. And I've never changed my mind on a good technique is if you if you if you leave if you leave the ball well, or if you can try and if you can be in control of the ball in and around sort of off stump or fourth stump, and you can comfortably bat that way and be comfortable in and around that area, bowlers will then come to you. And that I'm I'm looking at that from a batsman and a bowler's point of view. And constantly we are playing at things around fifth, sixth stump. Yeah, Ollie Pope. I don't want to have a go at the kid because it's his first test match coming back in. But that second is second in his dismissal. It was like, wow, if an under 15 had done that, I'd have been, I'd have been saying, look, you don't have to play it there. So you really don't. Yeah. That, that needs to be left alone. And, and uh, getting an under 15 to understand that, 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 uh, that length and that line needs to be left alone. This is a test match cricketer who's played 23 test matches. He's our great white hope. He is, you know, last year when we talked to Joe Root on Talk Sport, we talked about and Joe saying the best young cricketer that we've got is Ollie Ollie Pope. They're going backwards in some of their techniques. They're going backwards in some of their thought processes and their execution. And for me today, again, Burns, it was there was a single. No matter what anybody says on TV, you, you heard him say no, yes, don't matter. There was a single. You could see it. Burns doesn't stop if he. I know Sir Alistair Cook said he should have dived. He didn't need a dive. He just needed an outstretched arm. He would have been in. So for me, there was a single there. Crawley, Crawley's technique, again, question marks. 
We're playing at balls where we don't need to be playing at balls. We're in areas of our body position we don't need to be in. You know, left foot, left toe is pointing in the opposite direction to where the bat is coming down and wanting to go. He's at, if he, at the point of contact when he inside edged that ball, if he was a bowler with that sort of action, you would change him. I tell you, I'll go even further. Troy Cooley, try, try, Troy Cooley changed Jimmy Anderson's action, bowling action, because his feet was pointing in the opposite direction to his shoulders. Troy Cooley changed his action because he thought he tried to change Jimmy Anderson's action really early on, 2005, six time, because he thought Jimmy Anderson's back would go eventually with this sort of action. That is a baton, this, and this is the baton, feet pointing in the opposite direction to where the bat's coming down and the shoulders are pointing. This is test match cricket. He gets an inside edge and he's now getting caught short leg. And they're just, there are so basic mistakes that shouldn't be happening in, in international sport. Australia haven't had to, again, I'm going to say it. This is the third time I've said it this series. Australia haven't had to work hard to take 10 wickets. They really haven't. And that's, what's, that's what annoys me the most. Stokes played a shot we didn't get on top of. It was a lack of restriction, lack of movement. Good catch by Lyon, like you say, but still, again, poor execution. Joe got one that nipped back, which is an area that if he plays, a lot of people said, oh, he should have been playing forward to. When he plays forward to that, he nicks it. When he plays back, he gets some LBW. Just seems to me that's the good length, especially Cummins. It's a good length for, for, for to, to sort of for, to bowl at Joe Root. And I really thought Pat Cummins was going to blow us away. I thought he's going to, he hasn't got wickets in this series, a big bag. I thought he's going to get seven for here. I really did. He was absolutely phenomenal. So, and that's it. There's your top, there's your top five. If, you, if your top five are blown away like that, you ain't getting 200. And that's been the story of 2021 and starting to become same old, same old in 2022. Do you think, though, that Australia were let off the hook by England's bowlers on day one? 188 is not a good score, right? But Australia should not be scoring 303. Agreed. But when one of your when your best bowler of the Ashes has only bowled eight overs at seventy five, then you are you're chasing it. As a captain, you've got nowhere to look, nowhere to go. He's had to bowl what ten overs himself. Joe had to bowl ten overs himself, I think it was. Yeah, ten overs in a pink ball test for a part time bowler at a seventy five. Yeah, that tells you that you can't keep going back to the same old, same old. When you look at yesterday, I thought. You had to keep Robinson going and Broad going, but that took a little bit of the edge off Chris Wokes because then the swing wasn't, it wasn't swinging as much. The ball got a bit damp um, and Wokes wasn't as effective then. Wokes and Wood's trajectory, skiddier trajectory on that surface probably wasn't the, uh, the ideal combination when it comes to what the surface was. Um, you know, Mitchell Stark, Mitchell Stark got three wickets, but he went he went for a few. He went for, he went for like five and a half and over. So it was there to score off because it skidded onto the bat nicely. The ones that were going to be effective was the Robinsons, the Broads. And then to the next pierce, the next bit of pierce was was Boland and um was Boland and Cummins when hitting the deck card. So I think it's easy to look at the big picture and you turn around and you say, right, on this surface, 303 is a lot of runs. But I think when you put in the context that they didn't have Ollie Robinson from the 15th over, then I can understand why 
bowlers getting a bit tired, um, searching for things because as a bowling unit, you're you're one bowler short. You're thinking, but well, we need to get wickets. We're striving, and all of a sudden, for a passage of player, the ball started flying all over the road, and that was what happened when Wokes and Wood came on. They batted well and counteract very very well. You look at the Australian batting unit. There was a 44, 74, and a, and a hundred. Yeah, and Lion Lion had a bit of fun at the end there, but there wasn't there wasn't a consistent flow of runs. Um, once you got in, you could you could sort of go at it and cash in. And I just thought England's bowling unit was always one short, and it was always going to be an uphill task when Ollie Robinson walked off the field. Because if it had been Chris Wokes that walked off the field, it might have been different because of the, the say the skittiness, the trajectory. Robinson was always going to be effective on this surface. So for him to walk off, that was a massive blow for Joe. One thing you say you've talked about uh, every angle, and you're right. We and we have on this uh, this show. But one thing we haven't spoke about is Sam Billings. How did you, how did you rate him? Because I mean, I was listening to some of the commentary yesterday, and they were talking about how chirpy he is behind the stumps. Well, that doesn't really make any difference to me. Um, you know how well he kept. And I'm thinking, well, you're saying the same thing about Alex Carey after two Test matches. Really, uh, today was the real test. Um, so how did you think he went about his game? He was out for 29 on the hook and he played a couple of nice cover drives and he played the game with a smile on his face, as you'd expect. But, you know, is he going to play another test, do you think? Is it going to be all down on his second innings? It could be all down his second innings. I've got a funny feeling he is, you know. I, I really do. I think he might. I think he might have just done enough to nudge the selectors down the road and saying, right, if we're not going to play Joss, or Joss is going to be injured for the Caribbean. I actually think Billings will play more freely than what Butler's done in his career. In the grand scheme of things, you wanted Joss Butler to play in a certain way, which was carefree, just go at the ball, play the way you do in one-day cricket. For some reason, it just hasn't worked for Joss, and that's not... Numbers don't lie, unfortunately. I hate stats, but that's one stats. Number don't lie. 50-odd test matches for the ability that he's got. 200s is, is not up to the mark, I don't think. I thought I thought Sam kept really, really well. His noise and encouragement behind the stumps, I thought was important yesterday and this morning and today, tonight, for one reason and one reason alone. You've got a group of group of bowlers and the, and the lads in the field who have been fielding like the other fielders are they've been constantly fielding Stuart Broad's innings today was the man of I am sick of bowling it was like he was I'm, I'm sick of bowling he was wasn't getting in line it was he, it looked as though that is a, a 35 year old man who is just sick <laughs> of what's going on I'm sick of being bowled out for under 200 I'm sick of getting my head knocked off and I'm constantly back out there bowling again and I'm bowling again, and I've, I'm just, and that, that for me was, and I would, yeah, I tell you what, one, I'm not going to knock him for it. Two, I reckon I think I'd be like that as well. I probably wouldn't have been as defensive as Stuart trying to get be, get out the way of it. I think I'd have just swung from my backside and said, right, I'm off. Yeah, I'm going to either get a few, but I ain't standing away getting hit. If you're lot, if you not lot are not going to do it, what's the point of me at number ten, number eleven? So, from a Sam Billings point of view, I think it was important that his noise and his his energy was it was up there and more because he's asking his bowlers to keep going and keep going and keep going as Ollie Robinson is sitting on the on the sideline. So I think that is a plus point. Going forward, 
you wouldn't time will tell. But actually, when he had the bat in his hand, he had decent movements. He went forward or he went back. He was in, he was a little bit loose, but he's a number seven. I want him to have a go. I want him to counteract. I want him to get in with a tail and then have a, you know, when the likes of Wood and Robinson and, and Anderson are broad or whoever's at the other end, I, I want him to bat freely like he can express himself in 20, in one day in 2020 cricket. So from that aspect, I actually think he did all right. I did. I think he did all right. You know, we get bowled out for 188. You know, you can't expect, you know, magical things by somebody who's driven nine hours to make his test match debut. So I think it's a tick in the right box and going in the right area. Time will tell. He's got another innings. He goes to he goes to the West Indies as a backup batsman. If he made the first test match squad because Joss wasn't either picked or fit over Wokes, uh, over folks, sorry, I wouldn't have an issue with that. I think we've got bigger problems than whether it's Ben Folks, Ollie Pope, Sam Billings, Johnny Bairstow, or even Joss Butler at number seven. I think we've got problems one majority of the time, one to six. Mm, yeah, Ben Folks was dropped. Last time he played for England was against the West Indies in the West Indies. So I just have the feeling that they don't they don't fancy him. But then, of course, if he hadn't done his hamstring uh, last summer, he would have played ahead of Bracey, wouldn't he? And uh, yeah. how different would that have been? So a uh, quick word before the end of the show. Mark Wood, because he, he took a bit of tap yesterday, came back today. He bounced out Mitchell Stark. He bounced out Patrick Cummins. And then late in the day, bounced out Usman Khawaja. Uh, he's he's... He's really impressed me. He's become a real bowler. Um, this series, there's been very, very few <laughs> bright, bright spot or bright lights or whatever you want to, whatever the phrase is. But Mark Wood certainly is, has been, has been this, he's been, in, he's probably been England's player of the series. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he has. I think a lot of the bright sparks from England's point of view have been in the bowling department. Um, Ollie Robinson, another one who I think has bowled well. Yeah, it was but, criticism. but yeah, he's let it was interesting criticism. Yeah, it was interesting criticism by somebody who knows him well in John Lewis, yeah. bowling coach at Sussex. Um, it, it probably can see her, one of the only coaches that could possibly see her. And he was basically reading between the lines saying, you know, you need to get your feet out of the fish shop. You know, stop drinking as much and get yourself in a physical shape to... To, to bowl and play. And I tell you what, I'll I'll come back at that one in a second off, off the Mark Wood because that happened to me and there was a light on moment in my career. Um, but Mark Wood has been, has been unbelievable on this trip. Um, he's been somebody that Joe's constantly asked him to bowl at 150 kilometres an hour and he's delivered. It was a tough day for him yesterday. It really was. And a bit like what we said last night, John, we did. We talked about Chris Wokes and a couple of wickets completely changes your confidence levels and you go and that's what Wokes needed this morning. But also Mark's a seer, Mark's a, this, this character that looks as though he's ultra confident, this character that looks as though he's the life and soul of every party. He's like everybody else. He's insecure. He needs a little bit of love. And obviously he needed the wickets this morning. Um, I have had one or two conversations with him on this trip so far in telling them that that green thing with an Australian badge on won't bite you back if you try and hit it and you go and aim for it. When he bowls it, when he's been bowling at the likes of Cummins, Stark, Hazelwood, Boland, anybody else. And it was like, Mark, it's not going to hit you back, you know, if you hit it. You've got to go at that ball to get them out of the way of the stumps. And I thought for the first time, you know, 
he's gone hard at the Australian bowlers, um, and he got his just rewards. He got he got his just rewards. He got his two wickets. Who cares how many how many runs you go for? So keep saying to him, you're there to take wickets. Broad and Anderson will bowl two and over. They'll keep the strike rate down. You just get the wickets. You get the good players out when nothing much is happening. And I think he's done that more often than not on this trip so far, an indifferent day yesterday. Um, so I'm really pleased for him. I'm pleased for him. And you know, his stock's gone up, whether there's an IPL around the corner, um, whether there's there's other things that go with it. But I think he can come off that plane at Heathrow next week with his head held high and say, right, I, 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 I got off the plane better than I got on it. And I think there's not many England players can do that. The Ollie Robinson one, a little story from my my own point of view. I came back from Bangladesh in 2003, I think it was. I got man of the match in Bang- in the first test match. I couldn't understand all the criticism I was getting. Didn't play in DACA. There was an article in a paper wrote by Derek Pringle. A player had been spoken to, and I think it was Marcus Triscothic. I'm not going to hide it. And I think there was question marks in the dressing room. Not only did I want, did I want to be an international cricketer, but did I have the appetite to do the hard yards, especially as a fast bowler? Now, obviously, there was underlying things going on mentally, which I don't think Marcus realised, and then he had his own troubles from that. I don't have a problem with him, you know, venting his frustration that a senior as a senior player, you know, somebody that he thinks has got talent is maybe not working as hard as what he should have. Um, I then went away. I went to the West Indies. And, but before I went to the West Indies, I learned very, very quickly in eight weeks. And I got asked by, you know, questions by physios and fitness coaches about getting fit. And I went to Newcastle and got fit. I got, not only did I get fit to play cricket, I got a mentality of training with a lot of sportsmen. I got when to eat and how to eat at the right time because I was... I was of I was of the assumption that if, if it had a head on, I drank it, and if it had batter on, I ate it, and that was the the times of day I did. And I'm holding my hands up here. I had a shocking lifestyle going into that 2004 trip to the West Indies. I had eight weeks where Sir Bobby Robson changed my life by giving me the 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 freedom to move, the understanding of what I had to do to become an international sportsman. I had a I had a gym when I looked around of international cricketers, uh, sorry, international sportsmen, Alan Shearer, Gary Speed, Shea Given, to name three unbelievable, dedicated characters. And I changed my life big time. I changed my, the way I looked at the life, I changed the look at sport, and I changed the way I looked, more importantly, at how to look after my body. And maybe Ollie Robinson has just had that moment with John Lewis because they might have done it publicly. They might have had three or four people telling him privately, but now, sorry, privately, but now somebody's gone public and it might have been the last last straw for, for the England management team to say, right, we're going to say this publicly because if not, you're gone. No matter how good you are, if you're not prepared to put in the hard work to make sure you get fit, if we go on the field with four bowlers and you're, you're walking off after 16 overs, then we've got a problem. We can't take you on the field anymore. We can't pick you anymore because I can't trust you no matter how good you are. And I think that moment might have just hit for Ollie Robinson. So for him to get between now and the West Indies, there might be some soul searching, looking in the mirror and thinking, right, wow, I've just been I've just been called out in the media in the middle of an ashes to say I'm not fit enough. My lifestyle's not good enough. I have to change this. If he changes it, brilliant, because he's got the talent. If he doesn't change it, 
well, more fool him. England just move on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. So, Harmy, what is going to happen on day three? I think we might have 17 wickets and the game will be over. I really do. I, I struggle to see how we can, once Australia get beyond 260, I mean, what are the now 150, Two. 152? I think if England get, England have to chase more than 260 on this surface, bearing in mind, we'd have two and a half hours at the end of a end of the day where their tails will be up and they will be ready. No matter what happens, I think they'll, they might think of declaring late just before the, you know, the light starts to go, because I don't think they can get into the following day and have everything go in their favor with the bowlers and the, in the new ball. So I still think there'll be a, a declaration with two hours, two hours to go. And then that's when they'll hit England. If they're back for that long, if England can knock them over, then they might have a chance of somebody getting in when the light and the light in the ball is done. They can dampen the ball down before the lights take effect. And that will that will help England. But where England are at the minute with the bat in hand, I can see England, England's bowlers knocking them over for another 120 runs, 130 runs. And is there any fight left in this batting unit? Getting bowled out for 188 suggests not. So uh, we either finish late and take an extra half an hour at the end of tomorrow, or we finish first thing on Monday morning. But either way, I think England are are going to lose this series 4-0. Well, we shall see. Whatever happens, we'll be back. Harmy, thanks for everything. And uh, thanks for listening to the following on podcast. 
The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 